Hey, everybody. Welcome to Friday Nights, the after show on Narrative TV. Are you two guys a sight for, for sore eyes or what? It's just so nice to see you. Here's Lincoln's Bible, LB and Greg Oliar. How are you two tonight? Let's start with you, LB. I'm good. I'm hot. It's hot in Los wow. Angeles. It is summer. Yeah, and it is our summer special. Say. It's summer. Yeah, and I'm happy to be here with you guys. It's good to see you. So nice. Greg, how, are you, how have you been? You've had a little break? I've had a little break. I'm good. It's just been a rough week, man, news-wise. It's just yeah. too grim to... We're all wearing black. I think it's appropriate that we're all wearing black. Not not to start the show off on a down note. Well, but... we're going to be talking a lot about it. It's hard not to yeah. talk about what's going on in the news. And it, there's just too much going on. It's a, a tragedy beyond yeah. uh, beyond words. Really, what a horrible way to end a horrible war. And 20 years has been a long time for America to be obsessed with this uh, this conflict. And I think the death toll is now at 170 or something like that. It's really, really high. And Joe Biden carrying all of this weight. And I, I personally feel like that's in an incorrect place to be blaming people or, or certainly an incorrect place to be placing the blame. But we'll talk a lot about that during the show today but it's uh it's without a doubt a very difficult week for america as it leaves afghanistan but on the other hand we're leaving afghanistan which is boy what a horrible exercise in in war and futility because really there was no reason to be there in the first place maybe there was some reason in terms of osama bin laden but not really beyond that so lots to talk about there. We're also going to talk about the vaccines and we're going to talk about horse, what are they called? Horse dewormers, which are making their way around America as a cure for COVID. And maybe if your predictions are right, Greg. My poor horse, by the way, I'm not happy about this is no one's thinking about the animals. I'm sorry. About not having enough dewormers for the animals. Yes. yes, of course. Well, the humans, it's actually a good human drug too for other things. But we might be running out of it. Yeah, yes, it is good. It's actually a, yeah. you know, it's got legitimate purposes. But yes, it's ridiculous that people are using it for the wrong reasons when they can just get a vaccine. But there you go. It's wild times. Do you see the Israeli prime minister ah. came to visit uh, um, Biden in the White House today? There was a moment at the end there which was really weird. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on as well because it just made me oh. feel... What is he talking about? He's uh Oh no. Oh, yeah, like in a really weird this. like in a, it's a, <laughs> You're gonna surprise us with some of this. Well okay. I can tell you now. If you, if you want, in real time. Uh, so <laughs> so he ends the thing with a he's gonna read something from the Haftorah, which is a version of the Torah, like a piece of the Torah that isn't common yeah. read tomorrow. And um, he quotes from it, and in this quote, he talks about, or this is a very rough paraphrasing of what he said, but he said something like, and all the Jews will return to Israel and rebuild the old Israel together. Which sounds on the surface just like, oh, well, we've heard this kind of stuff before, except like people who are read into this whole world also know that there's a sort of this right-wing fantasy theory, whatever you want to call it, that all the Jews will return from to Israel from the United States and elsewhere in the world and rebuild Israel. It's like on the far right fringes of how the world might turn out. Either he thinks we're dumb or we're not paying attention, but I saw it and that's what he said. And Biden... Yeah, but there's Biden, another subject to it that's, that might be positive. Yeah, it could so, be. And it was but, a very... And he put it that way. He said to yeah. him, he said to him, this is Biden's very... You're part of the reason that, that all of this is happening. And then he does this with the mask off, by the way, which I thought was really rude. Like, he took, takes the mask off if, in front of a room full of people in the media, even though he's got the three doses thing going on and whatever it is they have in Israel. Keep your mask on. You're in a press conference. Takes the mask off. He makes this pronouncement. And then Biden shoots back with, well, it's not really my doing. It was uh, Barack Obama's doing, which we all know is like a deep oh. context of, you know, 
Biden and Obama and Netanyahu did not love each other at all. Right. So it was a bit of, um, it was really an interesting moment, really awkward in a weird way. And if you didn't know the dynamics, you would think, oh, well, there's nothing here. But I, I think there was something there. So I'm pointing it out I just as, okay. as something for people to look out for. I'm not sure what it means. I, he is a right wing guy, right? Isn't yeah. That, yes, he yeah. is a, basically. Not, a, he, yes. He's not a mobbed up criminal, but no. he's still a right wing, extreme hard right wing guy. Even yeah. more than Netanyahu in some ways, and yeah. even more religious yeah. and far more religious than Netanyahu, which is why he was quoting from the Haftarah, which is it's interesting, but it's not exactly kind of thing you would do at the White House. And so I was like, huh, makes me wonder if things have really uh, shifted in Israel or whether we're just. And it's funny that you bring this up because I, I actually was thinking about that today, like the idea, that idea that he was talking about of this prophecy that the Jews will return to Israel and then the rapture is coming or whatever yes. these people believe. And I was thinking about it in the context of this is a really like 3000 year old op that these guys are doing. Right. Right. And uh, I just had that thought today. So it's interesting that this actually happened and he quoted it because I thought of this independent of even knowing that he was doing Well, it's this kind of thing where if you're it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? If you say it enough times and you do it over a long enough period of time, you can actually get people to do it because they buy into it. But it's- If that you way. attach that to don't take a vaccine, which is not what they're doing in Israel, but it is what's happening over here. Right, on right. The Maybe they will rapture That is a quick way to get raptured. It's a quick way to get raptured. What oh I mean, God. do people get like a get out of hell card or whatever it is for the, does Donald Trump have some sort of deal with all these people to, you know, make sure that he doesn't have to, <laughs> to die with the rest of us if this apocalyptic, apocalyptic version happens or do they have deals? That's a like, deal with the devil. Yeah. Actually. But do they have that deal? Yeah. I'm just wondering where you go and, and you get that deal. Is there like a, a special office where you could say, I'll sell my soul to you if you. It was one of Jeffrey Epstein's brothels, I believe, is where <laughs> you could show up. <laughs> and get that deal right probably you probably got the deal right there probably that uh, court case is coming up soon so that'll be interesting that uh, max zev can you hear me okay now i can hear you okay all the time why is people saying they can't no i i didn't do the little oh, button where i turned my I, I have my fancy microphone in oh. front of my face <laughs> in the red light oh. and oh. i did not switch to it so now i've switched it to says it. your mic sounds a wee bit muffled i know yes, no i saw so hitting that, that. Oh. Thank okay. you for whoever. And also that, that you're nicely coiffed because they're noticing that you got your hair done. I didn't cut. get anything done. These Me people neither. all relaxed, except Zev. Zev doesn't ever relax. No, I worked my ass. I hate that. And I, I worked my I ass. I did not off, relax. Um, in what in which what galaxy I am I relaxing? Come on. I don't know. You took, yeah, you don't relax. That's you don't true. relax. You so don't it's relax. not like anyone was sitting on a beach. I mean, wouldn't that be nice? Like we could have been sitting on a beach. And... Ah, when is that going to Although happen? I will allow, no one worked, worked quite as hard as the machine over here. Is the uh, machine? Sweating, right. currently sweating in, in her oh. Southern California. Right. Redoubt. I really oh, did. Got, I really pulled a rabbit out of a hat. I don't <laughs> know how I did it. I had a lot of support. I'll just go ahead and say it. Not that yeah. oh, he's going to just be so angry at me, but while the silent one had shingles because my summer hasn't been horrible enough. It was just now let's put, let's just put some icing on this shit cake of your summer and a nice cherry on top and uh, take your biggest support system out <laughs> with a, a bad case of the shingles. So he's fine now, everybody, but it was that. That we'll was, give Stephen our best because he is uh, the best. Uh, oh, uh, you said his name. Oh my God, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> 
The silent right. one. I'm sorry. The silent one. I've been it's okay. so good with it's this stuff. It's actually no big deal. It's no big deal. Yeah, okay. Our names are out. Yeah, but somehow. anyhow, we love him. So he's the greatest. He is the greatest. He is. He is. Cosign. Yeah. Agree. Plus one. Oh, plus one. Plus one. Yeah. <laughs> not, not trigonometry. Like cosine. I agree with you. Like, uh, so let's talk a little bit uh, about Afghanistan here, because this has been a, oh boy, what a difficult period of time. Now, there's a bunch of things that I guess we could break it up into different categories. If I was going to, I would start off with just the exit has been, some people would say just what you'd expect at the end of a war. Other people would say it's been a disaster. In the category of this is what happens when you leave a war. Where would you guys fit into that category? Oh, can I can I start this? You go for it. Yes, I be? Okay. So no. when the British pulled out of Afghanistan in 1843, they had 4,000 troops, they had 12,000 civilians, and they had assurances from the Afghan government, right, just like we did, that everything was going to be just fine on their march from uh, Kabul to Kandahar, where the British were garrisoned. So off they went, and the rumor has it that the prince at the time, Akbar Khan, shouted in Persian, spare them, but in Pashto shouted, kill them. And anyway, of the... Is this true? Of the, yeah, this is wow. true. Of the, how many did I say? 14,000, is it 12 or 14,000? I think it was 14,000, no, 16,000, excuse me. Yeah, you uh, said 100, but you civilians. mean 1,000. Yeah, yeah. 1,000. There were 14,000 troops plus civilians going on that in a column because it's like through the the mountains and everything guess how many soldiers survived to make it to the british garrison guess three no lower what no really zero zero one one one, fucking one. guy okay who's that guy one guy, one guy. british empire most powerful empire the world had ever known could not get more than one guy so leaving Afghanistan so, complicated, very complicated. Yes, it's fucking complicated. <laughs> and again, he had assurances from the, the Afghan government, double-crossed them, and they all died. So that's what the situation was there then, and that's what the situation, it's the same stuff. Did the Afghan British government. try to take a yeah, million Afghan... people with them? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Did they, did they airlift? Did they, I know <laughs> Donald Trump seems to no think, airlift, at least, 18, you know, in our, in our Revolutionary War, we had airplanes. I, I didn't say a lot when this was all happening because I do historical context when it comes to talking about intelligence operations and operatives, not necessarily, everyone assumes you're always talking about United US. I'm not in that context. I know a shit ton about gangsters. I actually know a bit about corruption in Afghanistan, more than one would think. And I still kept my mouth shut and watched because he, here's, unless you're active military intelligence in the moment associated and connected to that region and that operation, mm. you don't know shit. You don't know what the president knows? You don't, mm -hmm. right? I know there's a lot of people who's like, oh, my people are telling me this and my people are telling me that. And they're on Twitter and they're flailing. Who are your people? Because mm -hmm. they're not, as there are they other retired people? There's a lot of folks that have a deep connection either from being of service themselves in our military and armed forces over there or connections to people who are still involved over there. It's a very traumatic, this has been a really traumatic experience, period, full stop for everyone 
who sacrificed. Even if you're sacrificing, you came out without an injury, you came out with anything, you sacrificed to be over there. For God's sakes, it's a horrible place to be. Mm -hmm. So, and war is horrible. And and you, we're not even ready for these stories that we're about to hear of what people saw over there for as many years as they were over there. So understand, first of all, that there's this trauma and it's just, you have a huge population of people who just the experience of that ending and the experience of, oh my God, what are they doing? And we can't just leave people. And they, they're right into a part of the brain that's going to be hyperbolic and rightfully so. And they're stressed and they know people and try to get people out and try to talk to their people and they love people. That does not mean they have the first fucking clue what the president of the United States knew. That doesn't mean they had the first clue of what intelligence was being crafted not crafted, not made up, but, but collated, coalesced, really vetted, gone through. It's an intense experience that is to get that kind of intelligence in front of the president of the United States in real time, as fast as you can around a situation like this. Only the people who did that and the president himself and the joint chiefs have the first fucking clue what that intelligence was. And I, I just, it's just, and I'm not in intelligence. I'm just a fucking screenwriter. Okay. But I know enough to know that. So I'm talking I specifically sort of think, about the exit. Are you talking about the, the bombing or the- I'm um, talking about the exit. I'm talking about the decision to go. I'm yeah. talking about the exit, how yeah, it was handled. I'm talking about the whole thing. Now we can see some of what we understand was coming to our the administration, to our president about what was going on. There was imminent threat of this kind of attack. If there's imminent threat of this kind of attack, how fast do you feel like you've got to get everybody the fuck out of there and also be very vocal and declarative of we're doing this we're going to do this this is what we're going to do we're going to get out because that shifts the mission now the mission is a mission about leaving and getting as many people as you can every american you can every one that helped us out god why don't we, we don't want to get into how that that process was sabotaged intentionally by the prior people it, for this moment to occur and it be on Joe's head. Mm -hmm. So it, the mission changed. By changing the mission, we're no longer in an active war experience, right? So that if that, imagine this kind of terror attack coming and hitting because Donald Trump did a deal to let all those fucking people out of prison. So imagine if this attack happened and we were still in an active war stance. And then we said, no, no, we're getting out. We're retreating. We would have been the nation that retreats. We are a nation that's retreating, but we are. We're not. We ended our war and we shifted our mission. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now that the different, it's a different mission because Joe made the mission clear. We're going to be in this mission now, right? Knowing that a, probably an attack is going to happen. This is my looking at it. This is why I waited. This is why I didn't wait in. This is why I didn't do it on Twitter. I was just waiting and watching and seeing there's something, some big thing we don't quite understand or know about what actually is coming to the president of the United States and informing this decision. Now we have at least a window into that. Look, and so in that way, we need to stand up for this president. If he hadn't shifted the mission, that would, we would have been further engaged in warfare there. We would have been. Now we can do a, a seek and destroy. <laughs> we don't have to retaliate with our armed forces in an act of war. That's a very different thing. Excuse me, I guess if war scholars want to come after me, come fucking after me. 
Look, I think you're right, right in a bunch of things. I think you're right that it's absolutely- I am right about th- this. That no one knows what it's like. No one can ever imagine what it's like to be in that situation. The, sh- the mission is the same as what Donald Trump wanted a little later, but it was the same mission. However, the underlying thing that you're both saying, I think, in your, your comments is that retreating from a war like this, surrounded by these enemy countries that you have, surrounded by the Taliban and all their various factions and then other factions of, of various uh, terrorist groups, is probably one of the most complicated things you can imagine doing in any hot war situation. These people are also trying to airlift 100,000 people with them. It is so complicated, so intense, as you're pulling back every resource you have, that it's remarkable. And I think the what America has shown this week, and I wish America would stop beating itself up about this, is that it is the only country in the world capable of doing something like this. And it's not yeah. even imaginable allies, that anybody friends, else could pull this friends. off. Yeah. But no one else could pull this off. No. I can guarantee you, it's such no. a... No. No. First, you have to have the will to right. to care about the, the people that you have been fighting for or fighting with all along to bring them out. And that to me is something we should discuss later on because it's a, I don't know, necessarily agree with the whole idea of it, but the fact that they're doing it while fighting their way out of a complicated two decade war, it says a lot about America. And it certainly says a lot about, about Joe Biden and about the administration, if they care enough to be doing all this stuff on the way out of a war, because it never happens. People never airlift a million people or 100,000 people or any number of people out of a war that aren't their own combatants. They normally no, leave we, them behind. We, we, we actually brought a lot of people out of Vietnam. So we, we brought we do some do people this. out of Vietnam, and but we, we don't do it like we this. We do do this. We didn't, haven't done it like this. This is, no. again, it's a different mission than an active war. Yeah. So I think if, it's remarkable. If but... we had, if those terrorists attacked us before our mission had shifted, we would have had to respond from a war position. We said, it keeps you said the war was ended. We ended it. We said, we're done. We, we, it's not. And now why did Joe keep that? Why did he keep the deal that the other guy did? And why was he pointing everybody in the room and all the reporters in the press in the room to this May 1st thing? There's a lot to unpack in there. I think that was some wishful thinking that the press is going to give a fuck and actually report and give context and look at that and sort of say, oh, you're talking about when an actual deal was made with the Taliban around the Afghan government that forced the Afghan government, which was completely corrupt, to collapse on its face and run for it. Those people fucking ran. They got out, right? That was all set up. But not that the press, not that we're going to get them give that context every time they start blathering on about this whole thing. But he tried to focus them on that. And instead he had to say a prayer because it was so frustrating. I mean, the media has been doing an an awful job. I really believe that. Go ahead. Let's get to that in a second. Let's let's hold off on the media for because I want to talk about Afghanistan stuff a little bit and and, and piggyback on some of the stuff that both of you were saying. First, you talk about mission. The initial mission of Afghanistan was to destroy al-Qaeda in Afghanistan and get rid of the Taliban. We did that by December of 01. And Osama bin Laden. So, I think Osama bin Laden and uh, al-Qaeda yeah, would be the actual... Yeah, we, we flushed him out yeah. the whole deal, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. we neutralized their power. Mm-hmm. And at that point, a decision was made to go nation-built. And we can argue till the cows come home whether that was good or bad, but it was something that we tried. And I don't... There are compelling reasons why that was a good idea, I think. The Taliban... Okay. Back on that, I, I don't I, think the decision was ever made to nation build. I think the decision was to support the the Afghanistan army and and build help them build a government. 
but it was a never democracy. organized. That's nation building. That's it. It's nation building yeah. to that's, a point. That's what nation building is. The mission shifted is the point. Okay. I was going to write back. That's a lot more than that. Novels. American contractors. Okay. Yeah. Go I, ahead. I, I, I was going to, I wrote a novel that never, whatever about, and one of the characters was a soldier coming back from Afghanistan. So I read a lot of books. I read this book, which is Afghanistan's endless war, state failure, regional politics, and the rise of the Taliban by Larry P. Goodson. Mm -hmm. This is an academic book. I read that. I read The Fragmentation of Afghanistan by Bennett R. Rubin, also a good book. I read Little America, okay, uh, which kind of mm -hmm. says what, whoops, I can't do this thing. Uh, I know, I can't ever do it. There you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ghost War, Steve Cole, Ghost War, really good book if you want to understand That's what's happening book. or happened in the lead up. And of course, The Forever War. And I what? read a bunch more books besides. I don't feel even remotely fucking qualified to talk about this. And these people on TV know, did not read these, all of these books. <laughs> did, That's A. Okay. So we can argue till right. the cows come home about what, whether what we did was the right thing to do. Mm. But at the time, I, I, I read something this morning that I wrote in March of 01 about the Taliban when they blew up the Buddhist statues at Bamiyan and how the women were being treated in that society. And it was fucking awful. It was awful. And I think, I don't know, but I suspect that when we leave, it's still going to be really awful, but it's not going to be as bad as it was. I, I would like to think that us being there for 20 fucking years made some kind of difference. I really would like to think that. Okay. I think you're right. The reality of democracy is that it's hard. We wanted to go in there and have them treat their women better. We can't do that here. We want them to treat their LGBT community better. We can't do that here. Okay. We want, we want them to there. treat That's... their elections and have yeah. the elections be free and fair. Yeah. We can't, can't fucking do that. do that here. Yeah. So how are we going to go there and teach them how to do it? We can't even do it here right. at this point. That's what's happened in the last 20 years and in the last four years under this fascist fuck Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So anyway, that's the politics of it. I have more to say it. about him. Yeah. Okay. Right. The other thing is Biden had several choices to make. The first choice he had to make is, should I honor this horrible thing that Pompeo and Trump cooked up? And the answer was, yes, I must, because we're the United fucking States. And as horrible as these corrupt mobsters are, the, they were the government of the United States. We have to honor the treaty that was signed by the government of the United States. Again, we can argue about it, but that is a that's a pretty compelling thing to do, to go back on international agreements, even yeah. if they're bad, is probably not great. It's not good okay? for you. Not good for your country. Yeah. So, okay, you can bash Joe all you want. That's a pretty, that's a perfectly uh, uh, defensible stance under the circumstances. And now, what are we supposed to do? The, the politics are now out of it. Now the mission is we're done. We're leaving. We want to get everybody out that we can get out right now. And I worry about this. There's a hurricane heading towards Louisiana, Mississippi right now. By the mm. way. Yeah. And yep. I'm sure people were warning about the hurricane. And there are going to be people that do not heed the hurricane warning. They're not going to listen to the hurricane. So they're just going to be like, I'll be okay. I'll stay in my house. It'll be fine. And some of them will, they may die because they did not heed the warning. And the state department has been warning American citizens in Afghanistan to leave for the last, what, nine months. Yeah. So yeah, when they leaves. say that the thing to do when you're there is to leave, they're trying or everything. Not. They can stay. It's their choice. Or they can but stay, it's... but it's not, it's, it's like with the fucking vaccines. Yeah. Oh, Joe Biden can only lead the horses to water. That's yeah. all he can do. He cannot make people drink. He does not have that power. He's not a dictator. Mm -hmm. All he can do is lead them to water. 
So to ding him on that is also stupid. At the end of the day, people have to take responsibility for their own stuff, right? You've been warned. You've been told for months, get out. This is coming. Get out. The thing to do if you want to get out is to get out. Mm -hmm. So under the circumstances, as horrible as this attack was, I don't see how this is could be handled any better than what we're doing. This is a huge, major success by the United States military. It is a major success. It and is. in two weeks, everyone will see it. In two months, everyone will applaud it. And a year from now, at the midterms, everyone's going to be like, thank God we're not in Afghanistan anymore. Not so these needs... fucking assholes on CNN and everywhere mm -hmm. else can go fuck themselves. 100% okay. agree. It's, I think Biden has done an exemplary job. He's just a phenomenal leader. I can't imagine having anyone else in the chair right now. Certainly not Donald Trump. There, there are very few people that can manage that kind of high stakes retreat from a 20 year war surrounded by your enemies the way Joe Biden has done with the compassion he's done and the empathy that he's had and the sympathy that he's had it has been remarkable. Only Joe Biden could have done that. And anyone who tells you otherwise is just not looking at the situation normally. You just you can't look at the situation and say it could have been done any better. And it's very sad that we've lost so many um, well, I, service members, but yes. but it's a war. Uh -huh. It is a war and uh, our sympathies well, to them. And their families but it's, it's but but again i come back yeah. to this i'm gonna keep coming back to this everybody because it's really important <laughs> joe went out yesterday talked about the event the terror bombing right and gave some really important pieces of information and in saying we actually think we know who did this mm -hmm. so if you know who did this it's not because you've done a DNA test on the remains in, in a situation like that. And you figured it out. It's because of, there was intelligence. And remember he didn't, he was kept out of this intelligence. It started in February, 2020 with the former, uh, the fucko. It went, it, it made all got solidified. It was about the Taliban actually gaining control and dismantling the Afghan government as it was, which was corrupt and was bound to collapse anyway, but that's not why he did it. He did it because he's Putin's holes, because he's the Kremlin's <laughs> holes. He's got two holes that that that, that Putin <laughs> focused on. By the time he was done with his presidency, he, he probably had four. Right? Don't forget, we had bounties on the our our soldiers' heads that coming from the Taliban. This was all intelligence that came in. All of this was kept from the incoming administration by that 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 weird hen emily whatever so it was all intentionally mm. kept from him he gets in the deal's done it's all donald trump even came out and said oh i, I set it up so that he was gonna it was gonna be a mess from him no matter what he did i got i covered that i did the afghanistan thing Blech. doing his quink nod saying it out loud because that helps him Oh my God. And then he's never going to get indicted for any of the shit he does because he just talks about it in real time. And if he's just talking about it, then it's the First Amendment. And what can we do? He's confessing his crimes, but it's not really a confession. It's just the First Amendment. So, oh, we can't prosecute this guy. This is the insanity of that former presidency that is continuing to this day. And we'll okay. continue after okay. this break. We've got and lots we'll... to talk about. Oh, okay. And uh, we'll be back. We've right. got lots of, we'll get another 30 minutes or more. <laughs> we'll talk more about Afghanistan. But I know you're dying to learn about uh, what happened to that mattress. So I'm not a great sleeper, as it turns out. I needed to be freezing, cold, and completely dark. And then I cocooned myself in pillows. Even then, sometimes I toss and turn all night. I thought it was stress about politics, maybe the pandemic, who knows. But recently, I took a sleep quiz, and I realized it was my mattress that was all wrong for my style of sleeping. Helix Sleep has a quiz 
that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress that will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody's unique and Helix knows that. So they have a soft, medium and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. And even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleepers. I took the Helix Sleep quiz and was matched with the Helix Dusk Lux mattress because I sleep on my back and wanted something with medium firmness. It's a huge upgrade over what I used to have. It's soft, but still really supportive. And now I'm falling asleep right away and sleeping well throughout the night. So if you're looking for a mattress, just take the quiz, order the mattress, you're matched to, and it comes right to your door, shipped in a box. It's amazing. It just falls out of the box. It really is impressive. And it's shipped for free. Helix is awesome but you don't need to take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's pretty impressive. They have a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. Can you imagine that? So 100 nights, good night's sleeps. And if you don't love it, you can send it right back and you will love it, of course. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and then two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash narrative. That's N-A-R-A-T-I-V. That's helixsleep.com slash narrative, N-A-R-A-T-I-V. And you'll get $200 off for two free pillows. Tell them I sent you and you won't regret it. I promise that. It's a great mattress. There you go. So we're back. I'm the sleeps have not gotten that much better <laughs> this week. Not this week. They haven't been that great with all this war stuff. Look, I posted this the other day. And I was really, it was a bit of a joke. This was before the event. When you look at Afghanistan, it's like the entire thing is a stage. It's a theater for all the powers around it. There are forces around that country that are impacting Afghanistan because it's surrounded by the worst countries in the world. You've got China, Pakistan, Iran, and basically Russia and through the, all the stand countries. So all these countries are basically impacting Afghanistan, which is why it's never going to be some dream democratic state because it just never, never can. There's no chances of, of succeeding in that way. So here we are stuck in this war and trying to leave. All these countries are, have an agenda to come at America and they surely did. I'm convinced that when you really look at all of this, you will see that Russia and China and others are, are you know, basically playing America on its way out. We certainly know that China's involved in there because they are already looking to get those uh, rare earth minerals. Uh, mining contracts that are in Afghanistan. They've already set themselves up for that $3 trillion windfall that they'll get once America leaves. We know that Russia basically supports ISIS. You know, ISIS is basically Russia's proxy army. They do all sorts of things for Putin when he needs it. And so it's no surprise that it was ISIS-K that did today's or yesterday's bomb blast. Iran, we know about Iran. And Pakistan is really how we got Al-Qaeda in the first place. It's the Taliban in the first place. The Haqqani network, which established the Taliban, is basically an effort of the uh, Pakistani intelligence services. So, and they're partially an organized crime thing, partially a terrorist organization. They just span the world of, of grossness. This is the territory we were trying to pull out of. The chances of us pulling out of that part of the world successfully without anyone dying, without any like chaos is basically impossible. It's never been this way in Afghanistan. It's never been like that. Again, how many British troops died? <laughs> One. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, one, one, one survived. survived. <laughs> one survived. There was like there was a half dozen Indian servants that were with him. Wow. That's it. Yeah, it's all. You just was, can't pull when, out. When the prime was... minister of Britain heard the news, he had literally had a stroke. Yeah, in huge fucking deal. 
you know, you've got a question why we went yeah. in there in the first place, knowing all this. And it's not like we were surprised that this was the territory we were flying into. But you know, it's in the Princess Bride, for God's sake. He <laughs> says it in the Princess Bride. The first rule is never get into a land war in Asia. Right. This is the thing that I, that sort of does get me a little bit upset because three times now, Russia and China have been able to pull America into wars in their part of the world, in countries where they are bordering on or close to. And they've done the same thing three times. They've set up these proxy armies and America goes in and does the very best they can thinking that they will defeat this proxy army because how big can this proxy army be? But it's not really just the proxy army. It's China and Russia that they're fighting all the time and they have much more patience. And so we get stuck in these situations again and again. So if there's something to think about it not doing again is going to that side of the world and getting stuck in a war there. It's, well, it's here's the thing. Yeah, we were attacked by terrorists <laughs> yeah. who are also thugs okay right. we weren't attacked by a nation state we weren't right Good we point. were attacked by operatives of truly of a crime syndicate that's what attacked us and they were saudis <laughs> so most of them so yeah i'm saying we weren't attacked it was a, it was an act of war but the war to be had in terms of responding was a war with transnational organized crime. It just was. That's that what that and that war is literally the war that that we heard the president articulate yesterday of like we will hunt you down and we'll kill you. You just do a heat-seeking mission for the crime lords. You take their money, you freeze their fucking money off from them and you go in and you disrupt these uh, But he didn't say that. Criminals. He said he was going after network. ISIS-K and that's fine. Go after well, ISIS-K, but that's not okay, going to really do anything. Okay, you know what ISIS-K no, is? They no, 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 no. They froze a lot of money. He said yeah, that. They just, nobody's talking about it. He, it was in one of the announcements. They froze he's, a shit I'm ton saying, of money. He's responding now. We're responding now, the United States is responding now in the way that if we had responded this way, after 9-11, it was just almost impossible. Again, it just was a thing where it, it, our flex was to go in and invade because it was such a massive invasion and attack on us. But it wasn't a nation state that attacked us. Certainly not it Afghanistan. Was, it was a syndicate. And mm. so it took us a while to figure that out and it took us a while to find it. There were a lot that we knew that should have been clues, but we had, I think, a, a, a very challenged I'll put it that way, uh, administration in at the time. So it was a perfect bait. It just was. It was the mm. perfect bait to bait us into a land war in Asia. It was. Yeah. And in the Middle East. And they've done that before. And 